If you haven't seen it yet, I recommend that you Google how Italians who are on a mandatory lockdown because of COVID-19 are responding. What you will find are dozens of videos of people hanging out on their balconies singing together. Their singing is contagious as people are called out from their homes to stand on their balconies and join in. They are using their voices and whatever other instruments they can find to share in song, raising their spirits and reminding each other that they are not alone. Their joy is contagious, even when watching it on video. When we began this Lenten journey with the intentional theme of wilderness, I honestly didn't think that we would be taking it so literally. It really was meant to be a metaphor, but life is unfolding very differently for us this Lent. And many of us are literally finding ourselves navigating a wilderness, a wilderness of social distancing, a wilderness of isolation and separation, a wilderness of not knowing what to do beyond buying lots of toilet paper. And because of these things, we might find ourselves feeling uneasy and anxious. We've all certainly navigated the unknown before. We've navigated challenges in our lives. We've moved off to college. We've gotten married. We've changed jobs. We've dealt with health concerns. We've all had to prepare ourselves for things like hurricanes. We know how to ride out a storm for two or three days, but this wilderness is different. There is so much on the line, our health, jobs, our routine, the economy, our investments. And this wilderness is forced upon us. Exploring and navigating an unknown often moves us to feelings of fear and desperation and uncertainty wondering if we are going to be okay. First, we will be okay. We will get through this. We will navigate a way where we don't see or know a way. This is our story. This is our faith story. Our faith ancestors share stories of people and communities isolated, separated, who navigated alongside and with support of the divine, ways forward where they did not see a way. Story as stories of God's presence when they wondered otherwise. One such story in Exodus we share today. It is literally a wilderness story. The Israelites are making their way through the wilderness from slavery to the promised land. They have made camp, but there is no water for anyone to drink. And people were complaining to Moses, and Moses is wondering what he is supposed to do about it. He's thirsty too. 
And Moses cries to the Lord, please help. These people are about to stone me. And the Lord tells Moses, I will be standing there in front of you on the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. And Moses does what he is commanded. Moses finds that his community is full of fear because they don't have what they immediately need to survive water. But I don't think that their fear is just about a lack of water. My hunch is that it has more to do with the questions they hold and not knowing their answers. What will this journey through the wilderness look like? What else won't we have? How long will we be out of our comfort zone? How long is this going to take? What I find noteworthy is that instead of playing into their questions and into their fear, Moses goes to God. He cries to the Lord. He has no idea what to do, but he turns toward God in a time of fear and uncertainty, and he is comforted. Fear is most certainly a normal human response. The fight or flight response that is induced from fear can save our lives. But to remain in fear and to constantly move out of a place can, of fear can have devastating consequences on our well-being and on the well-being of our community. Fear leads us to react in ways that are usually unkind and selfish. Fear invites us to think irrationally and hoard all the toilet paper in times of crisis. Fear motivates us toward hatred and violence. Fear is contagious. I'm not sure if Moses realizes that by going straight to God to seek guidance and wisdom and help, that he squashes the momentum of fear in his community. Regardless if he was aware of his intentions or not, we can be aware of our intentions and learn from this story. In this time where we see empty shelves, and people hoarding toilet paper, and our schools are closed, and life is uprooted, and we are wandering through the wilderness like we have never known. We can remember to seek God. When we see our children anxious, we can seek God. When we don't know what to do next, we can seek God. Before fear can get the best of us, we can seek God. I'll be honest, I don't know that God's response is going to be to hit our staff against a rock. And if it is, 
It is unlikely that something as practical as water or food or even toilet paper will come gushing out. But I do think if we seek God in a time of uncertainty, our fear and anxiety will be transformed into peace and calm and tranquility. And I think that peace will better equip us to be open to ways God can use us through acts of compassion and love. Friends, I don't know how long we will be in this wilderness. The Israelites didn't know. Jesus didn't know. But what I do know is that they didn't navigate their journey alone. If we seek God first, it will be easier to remember that we too are not alone. Biology, neuroscience, psychology all say that we humans are an ultra-social species. We are not meant to be alone. In the days and weeks ahead, we will need each other. We will need to support those who lose their jobs. We will need to help those who are sick. We will need to pray. We will need to share our food and our resources. Our community will need us. And our communities of faith are well equipped spiritually and practically to respond. So let us seek God and allow God to redirect us to respond to our wilderness experiences with compassion and love and not fear. Because acts of joy and love and kindness are equally contagious. I pray that during this wilderness journey that you seek God and find peace.